Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome back to Flipping Dreams. I'm Heather Renee May, your host. And this week I will be introducing you to Patty Grimm. She is an author, trainer, coach, and speaker. She educates and empowers people to be great leaders, develops rock star teams, and fast tracking business results. She has a book out called Quiet Women Never Changed History. Be strong, stand up, and stand out. Let's go kick some glass. I hope you really enjoy this conversation that I had with Patty. And also, she offers some special deals for listeners of Flipping Dreams to take advantage of. So be sure to listen out for that. And I'll also include links to all of that in the show notes. Hope you enjoy this chat. And again, you're listening to Flipping Dreams. Well, first off, I'm so excited uh, to have you here on Flipping Dreams. I'm excited to talk to you about all the things. Like, I want to hear about your journey, and then I really want to dig into your books and or book, and also like your coaching and just yeah, all yeah. about you. Okay. So awesome. Yeah. So my backstory kind of started out like most typical people, right? So a middle-class child, middle-class family. I actually was born in Whittling, West Virginia, um, but we moved to California when I was five years old because I was getting so sick from the terrible air and the pollution and the environment back there. The doctor said, you know, you got to get her out of this weather. So my dad basically left the family, left the job, was one of the few ones to move out of state. I think he's still one of the few ones to move out of state. And, you know, I always wanted to make a difference. I always wanted, you know, my original goal was I was going to be a teacher because I thought, well, that way I can make a difference. I would, I thought about being a vet. And then I went one time to a vet's office to stay there for a day and kind of visit them. And I saw them actually have to hurt animals. <laughs> so it turned me off from being a vet. So I went into teaching um, because of state of California passed a law kind of got that laid off all new teachers because they cut the taxes so much they couldn't afford any teachers. So they basically cut half the teaching staff. So I landed into banking and went from being a part-time teller to being vice president of customer and people excellence uh, by the time I was 28. So I had a really successful career, ran my own company twice. So I've had my dream of running my own company, worked for Microsoft for 15 years. Uh, and I tell people I had 14 amazing years, but I literally went from rock star to rock bottom because I stopped living my dream and my vision for myself. And I started trying to live everybody else's dreams for me. And it literally almost killed me. So I literally went from rock star to rock bottom, crashed and burned and picked myself up again. And because of that, it really inspired me to write my book so I could help other women either avoid that kind of fall or catch themselves sooner. Yeah, so that's tell me, I got so passionate about that. Oh, yeah, totally. And that's totally what Flipping Dreams is about. This idea of like these bathroom floor moments of like oh, realizing, yeah. you know. <laughs> bathroom, I, I was on, you know, bathroom floor in tears, 
couldn't get up, went from loving my job and traveling the world and living overseas for three years to, you know, this amazing career, to sitting on the bathroom floor sobbing because I could not get up. I yeah. could not get myself up again. I was tired of playing that perfect Patty, passionate Patty that was trying to be perfect for everyone except herself mm-hmm. and giving up my dreams to live other people's dreams. And what pulled me out was realizing that's what happened to me. And I let it happen to me, right? It's the company didn't do it to me. I let this happen to me. Uh, and not- I had to get myself back out again. That's a really good observation because I feel like a lot of people, you know, for a lot of us, we kind of get carried away with life by life. And we kind of, maybe it's easier. It's safer. We don't have to always take responsibility. Right. But the thing is, is that like, it's our choice to go down these paths. And once we realize we have power to change that, I think that that's, that's where, um, you know, life can get really, really interesting. Um, but I think that until you get to the, like, if you're always feeling like you're at the whim of your journey or your path or your job or your career, or your yeah. family, like you're never going to feel empowered or feel agency to really live the life yeah. that you want to live. Right. Yeah. And you, you end up, um, literally giving up everything for, for everybody else at the sacrifice of yourself, your health, your, your, your happiness, everything about you. Um, and just being able to, you know, put on their big girl pants and say, what are you going to do to get out of this grim? I mean, <laughs> you got yourself into this. How are you going to get yourself out and not looking to blame anybody? Yeah. Um, you know, not looking to cause any harm to anyone, but you have to take care of yourself because, you know, you can't give away what you don't own. And, you can't raise amazing children or be a great mom or a great team player or a great manager or a great anything. If you're so busy doing everything for everybody else, you have no time and space for yourself. And so based on all the research I did in interviews, I kind of knitted it down to these five ways to be a strong, confident, empowered woman live, leader and really live your dreams. So live the personal professional life that you want to have. So now did you know exactly like at, at your bathroom floor moment, did you, were you like, I know the vision of my life that I want to live and this isn't it. Or were you just like, I'm not happy here and I got to figure this out. It was a combination of both. I, I, I really had to find myself and find that vision again. And so one of the principles in the book is stand up and have something to stand on, which is your personal vision. And I help people write that or create that for themselves because I knew I wasn't happy but I didn't know why, but I really started to realize I had lost that sense of me and the person I wanted to be, the the legacy I wanted to leave on the world, Mm. right? The the things I wanted to people to say about me when I wasn't in the room. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that vision is so important, right? Because without having an idea in your mind, I mean, sometimes you don't even know what that vision, but it just having some sort of picture and then starting to flesh it out. Yeah. It gives, gives you that hope and that sense of purpose or moving towards something, yeah. um, which I think if you're just trying to step into, you know, like an already baked life, like you're never going to be happy jumping from one box to another, I think, yeah. you know. And you're, and you're going to find yourself many times back in the same box mm-hmm. as much as you try and break out of it. Because I know for me, when I left the bank, you know, my dad thought I was crazy because here I was a female vice president of a big California bank. 
with my entire banking, secure banking career ahead of me. My father thought I was insane. And I had gone to a leadership workshop where we spent, you know, like five days getting feedback and doing all this very interesting things and, and things you do typically in a, in a training workshop. But um, at the end, they had us go sit outside for two hours and write out a personal, professional, spiritual and, uh, per, you know, plan for yourself. And this was like, I want to say April of the of that particular year. And I had written down in April that I wanted to leave the bank and start my own company doing training and development for all kinds of organizations so I could make a bigger impact. I could be living my bigger dream, right? It's living my dream in the bank, but I have a bigger dream if I was helping more people and doing more things. And I wrote out that plan and literally, I think subconsciously, I put that plan aside, but I started doing things in my life to get me ready for that moment. And when I really, I reflected back of the following year, I'd already left the bank at that point and I was living my dream, running my own company. And I looked back at that piece of paper and I had written on that paper, I wanted to leave the bank by December of that year. Well, I actually left on September of the year. So I left three months earlier than my plan because I had created this such a strong, compelling thing and, and dream I wanted to accomplish. I was doing things along the way to create that environment to live that dream. Mm. That is so cool. And I think it's also a testament to like, whatever your true passions are inside, mm -hmm. you really can't hide from them. They're going to come out. Like, you know, you're, it's like you are meant to live the life that you're supposed to live. And the first principle of the book is play to your strengths. So figure out what your strengths are. So you find those paths, those opportunities, those jobs, those volunteer things that fit your path. And one way to figure out your strengths is figure out what do you find yourself being drawn to? What do you really enjoy doing? What do you find yourself doing when nobody's watching? Right? Are you the person that always volunteers for a certain kind of activity at the office or at home or with family? And those are the kind of activities that are your strengths, the things that you're born with those preferences. You're born sometimes left-handed and right-handed. You're also born with some strengths that, that determine who you are that goes back all the way to Plato. Uh, to research mm -hmm. that Plato did that kind of made things like Myers-Briggs and DISC and all these personality strengths finder, all, yeah. all those things. So it's about really about, so that's the first principle book is be strong by finding your strengths so you can play to those strengths. And there's oh. five of them. They're all. Uh, do you want to share all of them or do you want to Absolutely. Keep... Okay. No, yeah. Absolutely. Let's go into the next one. Yeah. I love this. Okay. It's great. Okay. So the first, the first one is play to your strengths. So figure out what your strengths are. And I just said that a minute ago and really finding those things because when you play to your strengths and the whole book of strength finder that was done by Marcus Buckingham or the Gallup organization, actually that goes back to Plato who said people were born with a set of preferences. Carl Jung came along and sort of fine-tuned that and said people are born with a set of preferences for how you think, how you act, how you talk, are you direct or indirect, are you more task-focused or people-focused, you're sort of born with that preference. And when you find jobs and opportunities that fit those preferences, you're more productive, you have higher job satisfaction, you have less stress. So the first principle is really find your strengths and play to those strengths and then find jobs and career opportunities that fit those. If you're in a job right now and you're so busy making a living, you don't have time to make a life, then find ways to fulfill that joy. You know, the, the, the organizer gal, uh, I'm trying to remember what her name is, the organizer gal about find your joy, the things that bring you joy. Oh, in um, Marie Kondo. Marie, Marie Kondo, yes. 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 Um, 
find the joy, the things that you love doing and get more of that in your life and then find ways to get your weaknesses, if you want to call them that, to an acceptable level, right? You don't, but you'll never, you'll never make them a strength. Also, I think, I think you can also reach out at that point too, when you know your weaknesses and find other people to help with that. Absolutely. You can find people that can round you out, that can help you. Or you just end up having, I am not a very detailed oriented person. So when I do presentations and speeches, I tell people, you're probably going to find at least one typo in these slides, even though I've looked at them 10 times Mm -hmm. because I can't see the details. I just not, I'm a big picture person. I'm not a detail person. And so, you know, I find people around me that can proof my slides before I get on stage in front of a thousand people or a hundred people, whatever it might be. So you find ways to round that out for you. And so that's the number one kind of principle. And that's what I found. And I interviewed all these wonderful women and men about what makes great women leaders play to your strengths, Mm. figure out what your strengths are. And isn't that, and I love that because I think for a while, wasn't there a philosophy where you're supposed to, or maybe it's just uh, a cultural philosophy where you're supposed to focus on your weaknesses to make them stronger, which is just never really works. So. Never really works. <laughs> yeah. Never really works. Never. And I do a really fun exercise. I tell people, get out your pen and write your name three times with your dominant hand, right? So if you're right-handed, you write with your right hand, left hand, write with your left hand. I want you to write your name three times. First name, last name, just write your name three times. How'd that feel? Well, easy, natural. I didn't have to think about how I hold the pen. Mm-hmm. Now take your pen and put it in your opposite hand. Now, I want you to write your name three times with your opposite hand and tell me how that feels. Well, you don't even know how to hold the pin. You're kind of crunching your shoulder. You get tension in your shoulder from doing that. That's what it's like when you're not working in your strength zone. So Mm -hmm. if in your strengths, you walk home or feel at the end of the day, even after all those Zoom calls, you feel great, Mm -hmm. right? You feel Mm -hmm. like you've accomplished something. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. What's the next one? So the next one is stand up. So in order to stand up, you have some, you've got to have something to stand on. You need some kind of a foundation, just like a house needs a strong foundation. You can remodel your house a thousand times. You can add rooms, change rooms, knock down walls, even take the whole thing off. But eventually you've got to have that strong foundation. That foundation for me is having a personal leadership vision a statement that you actually use to make career and life decisions. And I tell people how to do that in the book, but I'll, I'll give people a little bit of a hint now is you can have a vision board, which are great, but I want you to have an actual vision statement about who you are and the kind of leader or person you want to be, the kind of legacy you want to leave in the world. So I tell people, take out your favorite pen and your favorite journal and go to your favorite place. Mine is always around water. Right, so I'd go to the beach or I'd go to the Lake Washington when I was working um, for Microsoft and I went through my crash and burn moment, my rock started rock bottom and I lost who I was. What helped me fail, what helped me fail forward from that situation and be stronger than ever was refinding my personal vision statement, mm-hmm. which is to make a difference and empower women and girls to be the best they can be in any endeavor they choose. And so what I want you to imagine is go to your favorite place with that pen and journal And imagine you're on your favorite show, podcast show, five years from now, and you're surrounded by your friends and family and everybody who worked for you or worked with you, all your bosses, all your peers. And I want you to imagine on that favorite show, mine used to be the Oprah show, now it's the Ellen show and could be any show on your your radar. And sitting there with all these friends and family talking about me in five years, the kind of leader I am. 
of things like she made a difference, compassionate, strong, passionate, uh, you know, strategic thinker, good decision maker, trustworthy, integrity, honesty, always tell you the truth. Made, it kept coming back to made a difference, made a difference, impacted people, helped people reach their full potential. And so do this a couple of times. Go spend a couple, half an hour to a, maybe an hour there first day. Go back again over a couple of courses of another couple of days and refine that and then get it down to about 16 words. So vision statements, about 16 words that you can use to make career and life decision combined with your strengths. And so how I use this is that when I failed and was sitting on the bathroom floor in tears, mm -hmm. not able to get up and go to work to the job I loved, traveling the world and making a big difference, I couldn't get up off that bathroom floor. The thing that got me back up was I need to live my vision and not try and live someone else's vision for me. I had to be me. Or what you think someone else's vision is for you, right? Like a lot of times we're trying to do stuff because we need to be validated or we want to make sure that we're doing what we think other people want us to do. Um, and, and, and sometimes they, they have absolutely no, they don't really care. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, no one really cares how you live your life. <laughs> I mean... So I tell people, use that vision statement to make career and life decisions. So when I worked at Microsoft and I had a choice of either going to live in Germany and I was going to take an international assignment, live in Germany and run the Eastern European business excellence team or go to Asia and live in Singapore and run the customer partner experience team for all of Asia. My decision was easy. My strength was making a difference. My vision was making a difference. In Europe, they had a thousand people on the headquarter staff servicing about 20 countries. In Asia, they had 125 people servicing 20 countries as different as Cebu, Philippines with two people in one office to Australia with a thousand people and Japan with 2000 people. I chose Asia because where was I gonna have the opportunity to make a bigger difference, mm -hmm. you a know, greater a, impact, mm -hmm. a greater impact. You know, the old, I could be a big fish in a small pond, or I could be a small fish in a really big pond with a thousand people. Sure. And where was I going to make that difference? And so that made my decision very easy. And so now the clients I work with, the people I coach with, the companies I do training and, and speaking and workshops for, I need to really know that they're really, they're really serious and want to make a difference for people. Mm. Oh, that's good. And I think also um, when writing a statement like this, it's something that is so important to go back to yes. uh, consistently. Constantly. Yeah, because I think as you start making different changes and choices and you start to, you know, go down different paths. Um, and certainly if you're an entrepreneur, there's a lot of pivoting usually. Like you'll start with one idea or one thing and then it's like, oh, I need to pivot to this thing and I need to pivot and whatever. And then you can't easily lose track of what that original vision is. Yeah, and you can modify your vision at some point in time. So I worked at Microsoft 15 years. I left in 2014 and started my company again because I had a new. I still had that vision of making a difference, but I wanted to do. I wanted to have a bigger impact, and so, you know, that's kind of the critical way those things sort of play together. And so, vision without action is a dream. Hmm. Action without vision merely passes the time. Vision without action can change the world. Mm -hmm. um, which is a quote from Joe Barker of uh, The Power of Vision. It's got a really cool video if you want to search on it on YouTube. I think you could still find it called The Power of Vision by Joe Barker. Nice. It's just something that, interesting to think about. I'll um, add that to the show notes. A link to that. Um, yeah, that's that's so cool. I 
Do you at all talk in your book or um, just about how sometimes this takes time? Like you can take action and have a vision, but there's also an endurance factor. Yeah, and, and it's, it's especially true today, right? It's good, it takes time, although it's interesting that a lot of people are finding amazing dream jobs that they are able to work, work remotely from, and they're able to find the things that really are, or as an entrepreneur, they're just able to pivot their business, right? I had to pivot all of my face-to-face -face coaching and training business into being 100% virtual or through Zoom or some different way, and so you need to pivot that and still stay true to that, um, but in some cases, you, there may be a point in your life where you go, well, maybe I want to modify this. Maybe I want to change it a little bit. But stay true to that person or that individual that you want to be. So what do you want people to say when you're not in the room? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I was, I'm, I'm really passionate about trying to help people get unstuck, which is where this whole Flipping Dreams idea, it was, it's a book proposal that ended up being turned into a course that's now a podcast. But um, <laughs> See, it just kind you of... Know, you just pivot. Yeah, you know, still working on the book, but whatever, we're doing this too. And, um, and I think the great thing is I'm having conversations with more people that are going through a lot of, or having a lot of the same touch points. Yep. And, um, and I find that like, this all started during the quarantine COVID-19 time. Um, and a lot of people were really discouraged and fearful. But I do think that if people were able to embrace, like, the opportunity, like there's, there is opportunity in the obstacles. And for a lot of people, if they were able to kind of think a little bit more fluidly, um, I know a lot of friends that have made different businesses or made different, you know, or even oh, taken the, yeah, or taken the moment just to be like, wow, okay, so I'm not working at my normal job or I'm laid off or I'm, I'm on furlough or whatever. And honestly, I didn't like it anyway. So this is a great opportunity <laughs> for me to like figure out what I want to do. It's like, an, you know, yeah. so yeah. I mean, I, I got fired from a job that I was working at a grocery store and I, you know, I was making really good money because it was a good, it was a good job. I was making great money, but I got fired because I had a roommate and we, she, we got into a fight and her dad happened to be this big wig at the company. So I got fired. And I, you know, as I think about it, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I don't know if I'd be where I was today if I'd not been through that. I don't know where I'd be today if I hadn't had that moment when I went from rock star to rock bottom and back, I probably never would have written my book. Right. Mm -hmm. I got that point when I was writing my book where I wrote for about six months and I stopped writing because I let that, oh my gosh, what if people don't like it? What if they hate it? What if they hate me? What gives me the right to write this book? And finally, I just said, you know, F it or the heck with it. Yes. And wrote yes. it anyway. Right. Good. I figured mm -hmm. if, it, if it helps one woman get stronger, avoid the fall, or put some of these practices into work, then I feel like I've accomplished something. And doing these podcasts have been, has been amazing in terms of just talking through this and helping women be strong and stand up and stand out, which number three is actually stand out, right? How do you stand out? How do you become more valuable? How do you become more vocal? And how do you become more visible, especially as women? And how do we let go of that need to be perfect and perfectionism that holds so many of us back. And also how do we balance the being someone who stands out and speaks strongly and confidently and not be considered a threat in a room yeah. full, you know? And so there, there's a lot of, of nuance. There's a lot of things that we've learned um, to stay small, to stay silent um, culturally. And mm -hmm. so like, the more we can, you know, I love that idea of just, yeah, 
asking asking more questions, speaking loud, more speaking your truth, standing up. Um, yeah, it's it's not something that comes naturally. It's definitely not. And yeah, I, I just did a webinar the other day called "Bold, Not Bossy, Confident, Not Cocky." How to be a strong, confident, assertive woman leader. And you do play to your strengths and your vision, but you become very valuable at what you do. So you become an expert. You become great at podcasting. You become great at speaking. You become great at your craft so that you can master that craft. But you've got to walk that balance of being assertive, of being able to assert your point of view while respecting the point of view of others and not being aggressive where you're asserting your point of view and you don't care about the other person's needs or interests. And so there's a real difference between being assertive and being um, aggressive. And it really, if you look up the word aggressive in the dictionary, it's all very military, violent, win, lose, you know, I win, you lose. Where if you look at being assertive, you're really trying to get to that more of a win-win where you say, you get what you need, I get what my need, what I need or my team needs, and we're able to, to move forward a little bit differently. Yeah, and, and sadly, I think that aggressive has been traditionally a male trait in business um, that, and also just kind of in life that men are supposed to be, you know, stronger and more aggressive to be more whatever manly. And, (laughs) and I think sadly, like for a long time, women who were in positions in these companies assumed those same traits, thinking that that's what they needed to do to be, to be heard, to be um, taken seriously. Um, And it's really wonderful that we're starting to change that. And we're starting to see, and for both men and women, that we're no longer allowing the men to just be aggressive and, you know, win or lose. And we're kind of like, why are you doing that? No, that's not being a leader. That's being a boss and a bully. Like we, we can do better. So I literally tell people that when you look at some of these behaviors, it is adult bullying. It literally is the worst case of adult bullying. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing you can do as a woman is trying to turn into a man and be like that. Uh, because you lose all the things that make you so amazing. One of the women I interviewed for my book, and I talk about her all the time, Colonel Deb Lewis. She's, she was one of the first women in, uh, who graduated from West Point. She would not only was successful in graduating from West Point, but she also led troops overseas in Iraq and Iran and all these terrible places for over 30 years and just retired now lives in Hawaii with her husband. He was in the military as well. And she says something that was so insightful in the book. It said that women leaders, women see around the corners. And that's something I never want women to lose. What do you call it? Women's instinct or something. But what you'll see happen in a meeting is a man will stand up in a meeting with his agenda and he goes through the whole meeting and thinks everything's going great. He gets to the end of the meeting and say, man, that was a great meeting. But he didn't notice that half the team was completely disengaged, that half the team was in complete disagreement. He thinks he's reached a consensus decision, but he hasn't. He's made the decision for them. Where the woman will notice that someone's disengaged or something's going on that doesn't feel right. And she'll say, I'm sensing that we're not all on the same page. Or I have a a feeling that you want to say something or you've got something on your mind or I'd like to hear from everybody before we make this decision. And a much more productive meeting and things get done. And the thing is people buy into it because she's taken the time to see around the corner. So take that unique thing that makes you a strong, passionate 
empowering, embracing female leader. When you look at the countries that are handling COVID the best, they're all run by women. Mm-hmm. It's true. And you can't tell me when can, women can't manage well in a crisis. Um, the woman from New Zealand is incredible. I mean, she's managed to take a, uh, they had a massive earthquake that demolished the capital, succeeded through that, had a massive gun shooting where she immediately banned assault weapons. She passed a law guaranteeing everyone, regardless of your gender, race, or background, access to equal pay, which we still not there. There's still 13 states in the U.S. that have not ratified the Equal Rights Amendment, which is a crime. I mean, that's supposed to guarantee women the right to vote from the 1970s. There's still 13 states that have not passed it, and some are fighting it. Um, and she's gone through all of that while she was pregnant and had a baby. And she was recently, somebody criticized her for being too empathetic. And she said, if being empathetic makes me a great leader, I'm not changing. Good for her. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a role model right there for sure. Wow. Um, okay, so let's see. Yeah, let's go Number four. four. Num- number four is all about put yourself number one on your things to do list. Take care of yourself because you can't give away what you don't own. So if you don't take care of yourself, eat, pray, love, read, bake, walk run, hug your dog, hug your children, hug your significant other, take time for yourself because you have to rejuvenate yourself. So don't sit on your computer all day on Zoom meetings. Get up and take a walk around the house. If you can get outside, go outside for five minutes because it will re-energize you. Get Headspace, that I think it's a free app you can get for five to seven minute meditations. I don't meditate well. I have too much monkey brain going on. Hamsters. My brain's hamsters in my head. <laughs> yeah. I've got monkeys jumping around or yeah. Jack Russell Terriers like your dog. You know, bing, bing, too yeah. many things happening in my brain. But I can palm down for a few minutes or take a walk or work out or do something to take care of myself. But take care of yourself and give up the idea of being perfect. The imposter syndrome is so strong among a lot of women who, who always are sitting there second guessing themselves. Did I deserve this promotion? Did I deserve this job? Am I good enough? Yes, you are. Get rid of that. You've earned it. You've Mm -hmm. earned it. And get rid of the perfectionism and just strive for excellence in the things you love to do that bring you joy. Mm. It kind of comes back again. Oh, for sure. And it's, but it's not the easiest thing to do. I know for, for myself, um, I have a lot, I'm juggling a lot of different things uh, with working full time and doing this podcast on the side because it's my passion project seemed like a good idea at the time, uh, (laughs) but it is exhausting and it takes a lot of time and energy. And, um, you know, the thing is, is trying to remind myself that, you know, it's okay that I, that it's okay to say no sometimes. And it's okay. I've got to find those spaces in my calendar, make the space for me to just have me time. Not, I don't have to always be doing something to be worthwhile. Like I can just rest. Resting is good. Resting is good. It's actually good for you. If you work too hard and too long, it actually makes you less productive and you're working against yourself. So the harder you work, the more burden, the more stress you get and the harder you work to get. So literally take a physical, some kind of a break, do something, go binge watch something silly on TV that is your, what do they call them? Guilty pleasures. (laughs) Yes, I definitely, I have one of those. 
Yeah, so we just, you know, take time to do things that bring you joy, but also just give up the idea of perfectionist. Because when you look up the definition of perfectionist, you can understand why this is so damaging for women, because we suffer much more than men. Typically, a woman does a great presentation or does a great job on something, and somebody comes up and says, that was fantastic. The woman either says, well, I could have done better. And now you've taken the compliment away from somebody or they start to self-criticize themselves. And so when perfectionism is a personality characteristic that is characterized by extremely high standards of performance combined with being overly self-critical and caring too much about other, what other people think. And it is so damaging for women and it starts when we're little girls and we, it goes from being perfect little girls who are, I'm always the good girl. She gets good grades. She hangs out with the good people. She does the good things because she's a good girl. And that turns into perfectionism and imposter syndrome when we grow up, which can damage and prevent us from going for the jobs we love. There's, and there, there's research that says if a woman has nine of the 10 characteristics for a job, she doesn't apply. Yeah. The guy has four. He applies and gets the job. Yeah. No, it's so true. And I also think this is a generational thing because I feel like perfectionism is pervasive. It's like um, I can see it from my grandmother to my mother to me. Like there's, you know, it's not just like not only do are we kind of born with it and struggle with it as women, but we also are kind of taught it's enforced, not only just culturally, but like generationally. Like it's, yeah. it's the expectation. It's the unspoken expectation. Think um, about it. A boy comes home with a D and the parents go, Oh, next time try for a C. The girl comes home with a B. It's like, well, why didn't you get an A? Mm -hmm. yeah. right? So, pr so praise your children or, or the young people in your life for who they are. Like you're a very special friend. Like Heather, you're a wonderful individual for doing this, you know, part-time as you're trying to do your job. Praise people for their, for them. You're a good soul. You're a good person, not just their accomplishments. So they don't grow up thinking they have to always be perfect. It's just, it's so damaging to our careers and lives and, and, you know, give yourself a break. It's okay. Do you have any sort of tools or advice on like how to stop yourself in when you start getting into a perfectionist cycle where you can just either laugh at yourself or just be like, well, what is the worst that can happen if, you know, just, I don't know, ways of combating. Yeah. A couple of them. One of them is, is I saw this recently. Somebody said it's the, oh, well, if something happens, you just kind of go, oh, well, you know, I'll fix it next time or, oh, well. Um, and the other is uh, to really just ask yourself sort of what happened, why did it happen and what would I do differently next time? to get a different result. And so you can continue to want to improve, but just don't, just strive to act, to be good at what you do, be excellent at it and not the perfectionism. It's okay, you know, it's okay. I'm, a, I'm not a very good housekeeper, nor do I care to get any better at it. I no longer load the dishwasher because my husband tells me I don't know how. So I just go, it's ridiculous to even try, right? Just stresses us both out. You know, you just sort of work around those things. And you, like you said, you surround yourself with people who have strengths that you don't. Um, and you just have to say, it's okay if it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. right? If someone comes over for dinner and you happen to leave a dish out or something didn't work, it's like, okay, well, oh, well, next mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. next time. Yeah. And most of the time, what we stress about as perfectionists, like other people don't even notice. They don't even notice. Like they don't. <laughs> 
They don't even notice unless you tell Until them. we point it out. And then they're like, okay, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, literally, I used to run a whole bunch of really big events and people never knew sometimes. You would stress out about these things of wanting everything to be perfect, but people didn't know that something was done out of order or you forgot something and it's just like, they don't have the rule book, right? I, I sort of recoil us sometimes of being like a duck on the water. We're on the top of the water, everything's nice and calm and the duck looks like it's just relaxing and we're sort of sitting there, but underground or underwater, they're paddling like heck to -hmm. stay afloat. And that's what I feel like, you know, we're like many, many days. It's okay to just float. Yes. (laughs) Just Just, lay in the pool. (laughs) That's it. Um, so, okay. So now there's, is that all? No, there's five. The the last one is, is just pay it forward right? Oh. Pay it forward, help the next generation. We owe it to the next generation to leave this world a better place, whether it's for girls or boys, whether they're Gen Xers or baby boomers or, you know, what the disease, the disease people, we want to leave the world a better place. And we want to pass that forward. So I want women to support other women. Don't sabotage them. I want you to collaborate with other women and don't compete with them. You can look at other women or other people and admire what they do, but don't put them down, lift them up. If another woman makes a comment in your Zoom meeting and it doesn't get heard, or in a physical meeting, if we ever get back to real face-to-face meetings again, and you make a comment and it doesn't get heard, I should say, okay, wait a minute. I think Heather had something that we should all listen to. Can you repeat what you said? Or Heather, that was great. I think you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. So lift people up. I have to share a one really, really proud moment. Yeah. Um, and this will show my age a little bit, but that's okay. So I posted on Facebook one day, a quote that had a picture of a woman with a crooked crown and the crown said something about a strong woman tells another woman, her crown is not is crooked without telling the world. Right. Mm. So my daughter as obviously, I mean, she's a strong, passionate, amazing woman. And she literally posted a picture on Facebook. Um, she's in this bow contest group with her daughter, T- uh, Taylor and, and, and Avery. So Avery's the do- granddaughter and Taylor's the daughter, uh, our daughter. And she posted a picture um, and she's in this bow contest where all these, she's winning prizes for all these baby pictures with these big, beautiful bows and perfect little outfits. Posted a picture on Facebook of her daughter, Avery, and another little girl with a bow, and Avery's bow is crooked. And the quote Taylor put up is another woman tells, a a strong woman tells another woman her bow is crooked without telling the world. And I was like, I'm good. I'm proud. I'm a mama. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, so so pay it forward. Uh, Madeline Albright said there should be a special place in hell for women who don't help other women succeed. And there truly should be. It's so true. And the thing is, it all comes out of fear and this idea that there's only one prize and that we all need to compete for that one thing. And that's so, so one of the things with flipping dreams I try to constantly instill is the idea that we have multiple dreams and each of us have unique things to add to those dreams. Like you and I both might be, well, we are writing books. You have a book published already. I'm on my way there. Uh, And the thing is, (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is, it's like my vision and my voice are uniquely mine, just as yours are uniquely yours. And so like we need more books. There aren't, it's like there is plenty of room on the bookshelf 
for everyone to do, you know, a book if they wanted, if that was their dream or music or running a company or, you know, whatever it is. Like there's no yeah. reason that we should be um, competitive for, you know, that's just not, it's not productive for us. And it's not yeah. helpful to anyone else. Yeah. And it, there's, there's a million podcasts, but yet you found a niche for your podcast that you're going to continue to be successful. You'll find a niche for your book. I, there's a lot of other people that do consulting and training and things like I do. You know, we all think we have a unique spin on things, but there's plenty of things to go around. The hard thing is as you do go up the corporate ladder, there are few and fewer jobs. And there's still, I mean, whoopee doo, you know, we now have 6% of the world's biggest companies yeah. have women CEOs. That's, we're still under double digits. Yeah. Um, so we still have to make that space. But if you can make that space, that's an endless pie. And maybe you don't get that particular job, but maybe you get a better job down the road or a job that fits you better, right? Mm -hmm. Than that one you were trying to go after. So we don't have to think about it as being an, a limitless pie. Absolutely. And along with paying it forward, there's the whole vision of, of lending privilege. I mean, we, yeah. those of us that are at the table already, owe it to to reach out and and offer a seat to those who don't have that same privilege and um i think that's such an important thing to remember um yeah and i think yeah. people are doing a better job of it i think that this is this is becoming more culturally accepted and norm normative but yeah. um yeah yeah, yeah. I, have, I have a lot of hope for the next generation to help us crack that stinking glass ceiling once and mm. for all and we don't even have to talk about it anymore and i look forward to the day that we can say she is a great leader not she is a great woman leader mm -hmm. oh my I gosh mean, it, it's we could we go on diversity inclusion thing for a, a while mm. a, a whole nother tangent on that but we should be able to say he is a great doctor not he's a great african-american doctor or she she's a great doctor not just she's a doctor it yeah it saddens me so much that we still have these these divisions and the disparity it's like yep. why we we shouldn't there's no reason for it at yep. all um your book is titled quiet women never changed history yep be strong stand up stand out there's a subtitle of let's go kick some glass and I, um, I know, I know. <laughs> and we still need to click the glass ceiling because our pay's gone up 1% in the last decade. And it says it will yeah. be till the year 2277 before we achieve pay equality at this pace. So, you know, we all need to work together to crack that glass ceiling. We're ma we are making progress, but we've got a long, long ways to go. And hopefully with some more women leaders in government, more women leaders in business that we're all reaching down to that next generation and helping lift them up. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we're, we shouldn't be seen as a threat to men. It's not, it should never be a competitive thing because honestly, when men help women come to the same level and in pay and all of those things, we're actually making a better world. Like yes. We, we need both. We need both. Yeah. It's not a matter yeah. of us being better than someone else or vice versa. It's like, we're supposed to equality is equality. Like well, the title of my work in progress, new book, I've been noodling around for a few years kind of the working title is when she rises he does not fall yes yeah how to create right. a balanced workplace that's diverse and inclusive for all mm -hmm. um so that's kind of the working title of that one so i just gotta get busy on writing that one. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting okay so people can find your book at all the usual uh, amazon whatnot yeah. Yes, but I do have a special offer for your audience. So they can email me at pattygrimlive.com, and that's P-A-T-T-I-E-G-R-I-M-M -M at L-I-V-E.com. 
and I will send them a link to get a copy of the book for ten dollars. Uh, it's usually eighteen ninety five on Amazon and all the bookstores. So my special podcast offer for the audience is they can get the book for ten dollars. They can that includes. In U.S., free shipping and handling. If it's Canada, there's a little bit higher fee for the shipping just because of the cost. And $200 in free bonuses, a 30-minute training video, some other tools and resources in there. Um, and they can also, they can go directly to www.womenkickingglass.com forward slash book, B-O-O-K. And if you go to that link, womenkickingglass.com slash book, um, you can get the book. It'll take it right to a place to get the book, put your credit card number in, which is all secure, and you can get the book for $10. That is awesome. Thank you so much. I can't wait to share that. I'll put that all in the notes. Yep, um, yep. And and probably put that in the, uh, the social media posts as well. But that yep, is yep. So and I, and I'll send I'll send you a, a follow-up email with just that information just so you have it. You don't have to try and scribble all that down. Wow. Okay, so um, kind of wrapping up, I'd love to hear your retrospective on like how, how you feel about your journey so far. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I tell people all the time, do what you love and the money will follow. Right. And so I feel like I'm on a lifelong, lifelong career journey adventure. Uh, I feel like the best is yet to come and yeah. now's the time to enjoy the ride. Oh, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I feel like, and that is another one of the things that um, I really stress, it, it is never too late. Um, we have this idea in our society, you get to a certain decade, and that's it. And um, I was saying in another podcast, um, I, I got this card that says, some people call them decades, I prefer to call them my collected works. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and it's a woman sitting on like books. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? yeah. There, there was an old thing called passages, right? It's a passage in your life. And I feel like I'm on my next passage. And yes. um, I'm just so excited for what's still to come. Um, you know, I want women to be brave, be bold, be brilliant. Mm -hmm. You know, be the best you because everyone else is taken. Oh, yeah. And I feel like we have such an opportunity right now, right? Like we have, oh. we have so many tools um, and so much, so much, yeah, just so many resources and tools and people to talk to, to help encourage us and like yeah. to, to be connected. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. So it's really exciting. I can't wait to read your book myself. Um, <laughs> yeah. So people can reach out to me for the book or for, if you want some coach, I've got some coaching practices. I do workshops and webinars and virtual events for companies. Um, I do a lot of it for nonprofits, but also for women's associations. So um, a series of workshops about how to be a strong, empowered woman leader, how to really lead with success and how to be true and your authentic self. Mm, that is awesome, Patty. Yeah. Um, so before we go, did you happen to prepare a quote or your, or do you have a favorite quote you'd like to share? You've shared a couple. So, yeah. So far, yeah. I think my favorite quote still goes to the do what you love and the money will follow. Mm, yes. Stay true to your heart and your dreams. Um, I'll steal a Walt Disney quote. Cherish your dreams because of the visions of your childhood. Mm, that's nice. That is really yeah. beautiful. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, for being on Flipping Dreams. Um, I'm going to share all of this out with our listeners. And uh, 
hopefully some people reach out to you and, uh, yeah. and, and get your book for the, what a great yeah. deal. Thank you so much yep. for being so generous. There it is. Yay. Yes. <laughs> I just love it. It's such a, uh, that's awesome. Big great giant cover. red high heel. Yeah. Yes. I love it. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank and you go so write much. Your book. Go I write am. Your book. I, okay. I'm on it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Flipping Dreams with Patty Grimm. I hope that you enjoyed it. And as Patty mentioned, she's offering a special link for you to take advantage and get her book for the low price of $10. And that also includes over $200 in bonus training resources. So check out that link. It is in the show notes. Um, you can also email Patty at pattygrim at live.com. And uh, you can also get your copy of the book through the link at womenkickingglass.com slash book. Thanks again for listening. Look forward to chatting with you next week here on Flipping Dreams. And don't forget, it's never too late to transform your past and empower your future.